March is Women's History Month, 31 days devoted to honoring women's contributions in American history. In this episode, we're highlighting a few badass ladies who've left their mark on the world, making it a better place for everyone. We'll also share a few resources to help educate yourself on more amazing women all month long. Women face unique challenges, from glass ceilings at work to everyday personal stressors. The Maiden Voyage podcast covers it all, offering tips and tricks for overcoming your struggles. While this lady-hosted podcast focuses heavily on women's issues, it's relevant for anyone who values self-improvement, equality, and badass inspiration. We all navigate this journey together. Welcome aboard. So we met for our prep meeting this week, right? And we were having this discussion of what's on our minds? What do we want to talk about? And I think we might've had our shortest prep meeting since I've been one of the mermaids, which was, Hey, it's March. It's women's history month. So let's talk about some women. Um, so that was kind of fun to have such a quick and agreeable topic. We're leaving it a little bit free form today. Um, I learned while we were prepping for this call that the first Women's History Month effort was in 1981, which means women, Women's History Month is 40, year old, 40 years old this year. She's a grown up. She is ready to go. And I think we have um, a lot of cool stories to share. Um, Jen, I know you had found um, a TED Talk about women's history. I'd love for you to share a little bit about that, and then we can link a, a resource to it for our listeners. Yeah, yesterday I ended up rabbit holing for a little bit and watching some YouTube videos because sometimes for me, it's just easier to learn auditory. Um, This TED Talk, this woman, um, I'll have to look up her name again. We'll definitely share the link. Um, She, her name was, I'm going to butcher her last name, Emily Kitchbaum, Kitchbaum. She had a very short talk, just for six minutes, but One thing that she said that I thought was really profound in her introduction was that in all of our American history books, only 10% of the history that we talk about involves women. So there, that, that stat just blew my mind. Right. And you think back to when you're in high school or even college in your history class. And I had a revelation where I'm like, no shit. She's right. I don't remember learning about any women except maybe like three, like Rosa Parks and stuff like that. Um, So that actually kind of enraged me. I think that A, that's a problem because a lot of us don't even realize this. We go through our education and we just get all these, these history classes and maybe it doesn't even cross our mind, even us as ladies. I don't know if when you ladies were of age, did you ever sit there in your history class and think, damn, there's no freaking boobs in this. (laughs) So I I think I'm incredibly fortunate that in college, um, I was a hippie to be anthropology major, right? And I was also a minor in art history. And I took a lot of um, courses that were around and about social topics, right? So um, I had a course one summer on like intersectional feminism and things like that. So my worldview changed a lot at that point in time, right? Because I had a lot of really smart professors and grad students pointing out things about women's role in the human experience, basically. Um, so you, you don't learn about it in high school. It's not standard 
curriculum for the most part. And I do think that sometimes the issue of, of having a month like Women's History Month or a specific month honoring um, a culture or group of people is that it says, oh, this is the time when we talk about this versus all the time. But I also understand that by setting aside a specific time, it helps it become part of the conversation all the time. Yeah. Um, but it's it's definitely a challenge, right? It's sad that if half of the people in the world are women, by the way, more than half of the old people in the US, very elderly are women, uh, why aren't we talking about them more? Yeah. Right. Can't, can't possibly imagine that we haven't done a thing or two. So something that I have always, it always sticks out to me, like that quote, I'm sure you guys know it, well-behaved women rarely make history. I feel like if you kind of reel it back and think about what, like in society, like what are the typical gender roles have been is for women to be feminine and quiet and well-behaved and polite and all these things. And it's like, there are these women that just said like, F that not doing that. And they like literally made the history books. But I think it's just like, we're now growing out of like those gender norms. Um, and we are just like, we're being, we're all just being whatever people we want to be. And like, that's really cool. Um, so I love that women's history month is a thing. I can't believe it's only 40 years old, but also I really can believe it at the same time. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. I think a big big thing back in the day too, you hit the nail on the head there, Carissa, is that it it just wasn't acceptable. It wasn't that women weren't making history. It just wasn't publicized, if that makes sense. I was reading that article that you had stuck in there about women inventors and scrolling through there, I was seeing there was a trend where there were women who actually invented things years, years before men actually submitted for a patent for something and got approved. And like the prime case was Monopoly. Uh, there was a woman named Elizabeth Maggie who created essentially what was Monopoly, but called it the landlord's game. And then okay. 30 years later, some dude got it patented and got all the credit for Monopoly, but she was the one that made it. Um, yeah. Also, um, this one's, this one's totally for Julie. Like, um, oh, it was a woman that invented the coffee filter in 1908. Like, you know, like on behalf of women, you're welcome. Yeah. Like the list of women inventors, I noticed there was so much that was happening in the 1800s. Yeah. It was, it was nuts. Like the 18, I don't, I don't even know. Like, and some of these things I never would have, I think in, in modern times, sometimes we don't think like I have a remote here on my desk, right? Like somebody had to invent that before that I needed to go and like push the button on the TV. There was not a remote. And before that, like, hell, there wasn't a freaking TV, but like, you know what I mean? It's just, I don't, I think sometimes in like all the modern day stuff, we like really don't think about every single thing we're using mason jar full of water. Someone had to invent the mason jar. I don't, I don't know. Like now I'm just thinking about, it. I love that's, that's the conversation I loved in school was about inventions and how women played a part in like the everyday things. Also a woman made the ice cream maker. I also just want to point that out too. I was um, excited when I saw that. <laughs> They're important things. And the freaking fridge, our electric refrigerator, Florence, we have to thank. 
thanks. I mean, they're, they're very practical. (laughs) It doesn't surprise me that many of these either, um, have, have gone, gone under the radar or are so old that a, a man also invented them after the fact, um, considering, I don't know, I would, I would say definitely before women's suffrage, we weren't people. So it's hard to file your own patent when you're not a person. Yeah. Right. It's only in recent history in many cultures that women are people, not property. And we're fortunate that today we are people because in some places we're still not. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, fam. Welcome, Jackie. We saw you hop up. Hi, ladies. I have very mixed feelings about Women's History Month. Tell us. Oh, I already shared some mixed feelings. I'd love to hear yours. What? Okay. You're not going to give me a TLDR? No. I mean, okay. So, obviously, women rock. Goes without saying. Um, Like, I am very strong feminism and all of that like awesome stuff, like raising my daughter to be independent and confident and you can do anything a man can do, et cetera, et cetera. Although I don't use that phrase. I think you can do whatever you want. Um, doesn't matter who does it first. You can do whatever you want. Um, but like, it sucks that we still have to celebrate this month. Why are we not beyond this? Like, I think it's amazing that we reflect on the, like, the suffragettes to me, like watching Mary Poppins as a child, the mom really struck a chord with me. She was a suffragette. And in the opening scenes of Mary Poppins, she comes home and says to her housekeepers, quick, hide this. Because she's wearing her women can vote sash and her whole garb. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want her husband to see it. It's like in the first five minutes of Mary Poppins. And she, the mom always stuck with me in that film because I find her to be like this like really forward thinking independent woman who back in that time, like was hiding these things from her husband and other men surrounding her because they didn't want to hear the jibber jabber, you know? But the fact that like, and, and the women's suffragist movement voting to me has always felt like such a, um, a pride moment. Like I vote anytime I can because I had ancestors who could not, right? Like, as you said, like, it's so important for us to reflect and like, no, and understand like where we've come from. Right. And like, and I think honoring that space is amazing, but also we're still paid less and we still face sexism and at, at work and in the, the world at large. And I just hate that we have to have to do this still, I guess is what it is. And it almost reminds me this time every year that like, we used to be like subpar human beings and we kind of still are. Yeah. So, so I think Jackie, we're, we're kind of in the same area of thought around it. Like, Mm -hmm. um, it sucks, but we need it. Yeah. Right. Because if we didn't, right. But if we didn't have the annual reminder at this point, when would we we have the reminder? Right. And, right. you know, history repeats itself unless we learn from it. Right. And sometimes you need to force it a little bit. And and that's what any, like, just observational like month, month does. Like, yeah. right. we should right. just know Black history. We don't have yeah. White History Month. 
Right. It's still super, it's super important. And it's, it's great that it is. And it's great that like the spin that like, um, again, I come from a vein having a young child, but like Nick Jr. We watch a lot of Nick Jr. up in our house, um, does these amazing things to celebrate for young minds, black history month. And they have like different kinds of music and little kids of the culture, whatever, like different, you know, black cultures, like talking about their history or their foods or their clothing. So like she's getting access to some really cool things that at her age of four, she's not getting a preschool. She'll get it like in her curriculum as she grows, but it, you know, it's it, it, giving her access to all of this at such a young age, I think is awesome. And they do the same thing for Women's History Month. They mm-hmm. like, like little bubble guppies will like share something interesting. And she's like digesting this information because it's being shared by cartoons oh, that God. she watches or like children of her age talking yeah. about my mommy wears this amazing dress and this is why. And like, and I think that's awesome. But then I, I don't know, it just like breaks my heart that she has to learn it that way. And it's just not what it is. It's like, it's, it just, it is what it is. It should just be elevated and better. It should be, but we have a a long history as humans of not doing it, right? And we live in a time where progress happens so quickly. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago, like think about technology and how different it was. So we have these expectations that progress happens quickly. Agreed. But it doesn't always, right? (laughs) So well, and March is um, March being Women's History Month didn't actually become a national thing until the nineties. Yeah, like the first kind of push we talked about this was nineteen eighty one. So like she's yes. forty, um, but that's right. I did not share. We were not official until the nineties. Yeah, the uh, which is like a proclamation declaring March Women's History Month in ninety five. In summary, Women's History. Um, but even think about hundreds and thousands of years of women's history before our current historical memory, right? The last hundred years. Yeah. Right. There's a lot there. So the fact that we've gone from like becoming people, being able to vote, being able to have credit cards and do things on our own and get paid for our work and start closing the gender wage gap, although we're not there yet, right? Progress takes time and it hasn't been that much time when you really zoom out. Yeah. Right. right. It's, it's, it's challenging and there's a lot against it, right? You can say, well, every employer should just look at how much money every woman makes and say, how much does the man sitting next to her make? They should make exactly the same. But there are other loaded pieces of those two people's experiences that may be working against that and may not be intentional by either party. That's an interesting statement, though. So I'd like to ask you a question. Yeah. Do you feel like a man or a human, let's just gender, like a human deserves to make as much as next to the human next to them at work if they don't have the same level of experience or like I think that I'd like I don't want to just make as much of a man because like I'm a woman and I should make as much as a man I want to make what I deserve based on my experience my expertise and what I'm bringing to the dynamic opportunity at that place of employment and if that means I make more than you 
then that's what it is. And if that means I make less than you, then that's what it is too. Like, I don't believe in that we should make the same amount because it is equal. No, you should get paid for what you're worth in the effort that you're bringing to that organization, not based on your gender. I wholeheartedly agree. I think there are some components of our experience leading up to our careers that change where we might end up when we start our careers. Yeah. Right. So for example, what you make, there are a lot of studies that show that your salary or your income, your first job out of college really dictates your lifetime earning potential. And we know that culturally men are more likely to negotiate their salary than women. Yeah. Right. So if I am starting an entry-level job, I have the same GPA as a guy I graduate with. We get a job at the same company. We're going to have the same boss. It's the same job title. And he negotiates, but I don't because I'm like, yeah, that sounds good to me. Right. Then when he gets a raise and I get a raise and we get an equivalent percentage raise in three years, he's still going to be making more than me. And that's because as a woman, I'm not culturally always built up in a way that like, yeah, you should negotiate and you should go after what you want and those things. And that has nothing to do with the employer, right? It really doesn't. It just has to do with this foundation of how women and men behave differently. So there are small things like that. And then there are bigger things. Like if Jackie, you have a master's degree, but let's say you didn't right now and you're working, you have um, Abby that you are default caregiver will say a lot of moms are default caregiver right like it happens someone always is um and your husband and you are both like both of us want to go back to school right now right we both want to do this is there a likelihood that your husband may be able to do that before you are and then does that change his career path now that's like a dynamic obviously that you and your husband would navigate yeah. in all of those things right. but for many people it becomes easy i'm using you as an example yeah. not and you I, but I would really say in a, I, I love that example i would say in the greater scheme of things like not personally in my home because brag will, will never go back to school um <laughs> right. he's a donor and a donor um but um i think that a man this is going to be my perception. Okay. I think a man would enroll in school and not think about the consequences of those around him where a mother, um, a father would maybe do that. A mother would enroll in school and plan for, I'm going to need someone to help me with X, Y, and Z as like the, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, however you want to look at it as like the default parent, you have to make things happen, right? Like who's making the breakfast? I'm going to wake up three hours early to get my schoolwork done. And I don't, not all dads think that way. That's, that's how if it would ever work, it would have to work that way. Right. But then that changes again, can feed back into your career. What if you're both teachers? What if you're both teachers and getting a master's degree or doing graduate school credits, increase your income? Mm -hmm. Bing, bing, boom, down the line. Well, maybe one of you can become an administrator and one of you is still working on those credits to get there. So things like that, that aren't necessarily directly like we're going to pay women less. I think very few employers actually do that today, but create this wage gap. Um, 
And that's where we have to work from. I think it's very optimistic to be like, oh, this will be dealt with in five years, right? I think in a, a hundred years. It just depends on, I think how it, it, some of it really depends on how the dynamic of parenting between like couples continues to grow and change and evolve because that's why like women are, women have the child more, you know, like usually and unless you're, you know, adopting, of course, but it's like, they're expected to be at home. They have maternity leave. They have to take care of that child in like their first couple of months of life. And the man like, like, or their partner, like doesn't necessarily have to be there. It's like someone, it's someone's single priority usually to take care of a child. They are away from work. And when they come back to work, like sometimes it happens where your original job position has been filled in by somebody else. It's not that you were fired. It's not that you were let go, but you are moved around. And sometimes the trajectory of whatever trajectory you were on career-wise changes for having a child. I've watched it happen and it's kind of sad. I think their priorities change too sometimes. Like that, that mother just becomes so infatuated with, you know, there's more to life than this desk. I have this person who means the world to me now. And then that changes, but nonetheless, it still does affect like the pay gap and all those things too. It's yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I, it's, I always think about that a lot. Yeah. It's, we have like a fun role here in the world. Yeah. Just to do, do all the things. Um, but to me, right. It's, it's okay to change your priorities. It's okay to say, I could go and get a job where they expect me to work 80 hours a week. And whether you have a kid or not, right. Like that's my life, right? Like Jackie, I don't have a child, but I'm going to use you as an example for this. Again, you could go, you could be like, Brian, I'm taking this job, figure out the kid, right. You could go, you could go work 80 hours and do that. Theoretically, you are a free willed person. You can, um, but that might not be your priority and that's okay too. Right. Like, that's not my priority. I don't want to do that. And I don't have a kid. I don't have, I got myself. Right. I think that, I mean, this is a very loaded conversation. And I think that, um, if I've never met someone and there are women out there who like pop out a baby and get right back to their executive office in four weeks and are like slaying the game and like, you go girl. Good like, for them. That's terrifying. Right, you go, girl. There are also women who have a baby and two weeks later have to go back to work. Yeah. But don't get me started there. Like men earmuffs, you're legitimately still bleeding from your labor two weeks later, but they have to go back to work, right? That's disgusting um, and so sad. But then there are women, I think like me, who definitely alter their career trajectory on purpose because something else comes first. When I took this job, it was very clear to Remington what my main priority was. And the job I had before this, I took because I didn't know what I wanted yet, but I had to start making money. It was like not the best job, but you know what? It gave me a lot of flexibility and I got paid. And, and then when I was ready to re-engage more in a mental conversation, I said, okay, I'm going to find a job that suits me now, right? And I think that like, that's okay to like yeah. take a step backwards. Like we've seen happen in history where we take maybe a little step backwards to like 
get our gumption back together and put our big girl pants on and like be like, I'm now ready to recommit to me and like to my mind and to my, I need to make more money for my family and I'm re-entering the workforce. And, and this, this job I have currently is definitely harder and keeps me closer to my desk than jo- a job I had when she was an infant, right? And so, but I made that choice to like pull back out of my career a little bit because it made the most sense for like me and my family. And, and I was blessed to be able to make that decision and not everybody is. Yeah, I, I hope I hope what I'm what I said did not come out the wrong way. Like, oh no, not at all. Not, okay, not at all. it was very accurate. It was very accurate that like okay. some women pull back and some push forward, right? Well, I, I said I'm never yeah. going to, I'm never going to be a stay at home mom. And here they are, three kids later, stay at home mom because that's what they found joy in. Like that's not for me, but yeah. it is for them, you know. And like I think. You know, we've come to a place in society where we're allowed, we are, we are, if you're lucky enough to make those decisions, you can, Um, but we're still also in a place where maternity leave isn't universal or even national where, um, and and I wish this was more addressed in Women's History Month because we're asked to be the bearer of so many important things, especially during COVID, all women, not just women with children, right? Like, carrying on a household or, you know, moving forward, expected to date and find your person, all these things you're supposed to keep doing right now, but nobody's giving an inch. Yeah. You know, and it's, that's, the, that's the main point I was making is that sometimes it just doesn't feel like a choice for anybody. Like sometimes yeah. you have a choice and sometimes you don't. And like, I feel like that's the, that's the problem, right? It, it should be whatever and, you want to do like whatever you want to do. And sometimes I've just watched that not happen for people. And that's sad. Thankfully, legally, we're allowed to make choices now, right? Yay. We are. <laughs> are. So we did promise in this episode, we'd share a little bit about some wonderful women who rock the world. Um, does anyone have a feature they want to start with? I mean, can we start with the main feature of 2020? Slashy 20, the first female vice president. Come mm-hmm. on, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Grown ass women and young girls alike, like stand proud ladies, glass ceiling officially broken. And I think that is, I am so honored to have lived to see this happen. I mean, like I cried. I just, it was incredible that the young minds of our country, both boys and girls get to see a woman of color, of multinationalities, stand proudly in that office. And it gives me goosebumps when I think about it. I love it. All right. Did you, um, Jackie, did you watch the inauguration with your daughter? So I was working, I was working during the inauguration and, and I had it on, she was home um, and I had it on in the other room. And I actually have a picture that like brings my family to tears. She kept hearing the pomp and circumstance playing and was like, like we talked about what was going to happen. And she like, Oh mommy, it's Joe Biden. And she had trouble saying Kamala's name, but like we were working on it. She was like, they were talking about it in school. And she was so, so jacked up about it. And I have a picture of her standing in front of the TV with the glare on her face and her hands behind her back, just like proudly watching. I don't think she obviously understood the weight of the moment, but she was so excited that it was happening. And so she watched kind of by herself with like us in the background and it was just so really, really cool. 
That gave me. Oh, that's <laughs> I'll, sh I'll share the picture with you guys. It's like a little blurry because I just zoom in because I was like across the house. But she like, I think all the kids I know got really hyped about it. Like it was just very much talked about in school too. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was little, a little elementary school, like elections were a very big thing. And I'm grateful for that because they're are a whole lot of folks out there who don't realize how important being an active part of like government is and that for most of us that's going to be voting right most of us aren't going to be mayors and governors and presidents um, maybe school board members and things like that you know getting started but um, it's it's so important so anytime I hear about kids having that involvement it's really fun She'll probably be president though, Jackie. She'll be president of something. She thinks she's oh, president yeah. of this house. I gotta crack oh. her down a few notches. I mean, is she though? I mean, her and Sailor. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say my dog's the president of my house and right. she can't talk or hear. So really, this is where we're at. Tune in next week when I have a couch that my dog will be joining me on. Yes. So did okay. you ladies have any moments? I mean, I feel like I stole the stunner. But I'd love to hear what you feel like any any ladies or situations that you wanted to share that were monumental to you. So I want to share a little bit about um, a woman I didn't know about before this week, but who has recently passed. She uh, was a Japanese artist. Her name is Toko Shinoda. Um, and she died at 107 years old. She would have been 108 this month, which is in and of itself amazing. But she was um, an abstract expressionist who had quite a career, quite a life. Um, and she combined abstract expressionism of, you know, post-war mid-century, um, big movement in art history, one of my very most favorites, with more traditional Japanese calligraphy. Um, it's a great time to Google her because there are a lot of articles that have been, been running, but really like breathtaking wonderful work to look at, especially if you like modern art and post-war art, um, really something worth worth absorbing. And I think in, in art, as in so many spaces, women's place is always contested. Um, and that's, that's really our role in the world, right? To be occupying contested space. So it's, it's always interesting to see and, and read more. And I don't have a huge share about her. Um, I think just anytime you talk about a visual artist, the best thing to do is just go and look at work, but tremendous career. I think I read her, her last gallery show was in 2019. So she would have been five or, or 106 because her birthday's in March. So um, I, I can only hope that I am doing so well in my hundreds. Right? Wow. Dang. Dang, when we tell the men we'll outlive them, that's really the example. Not only will I outlive you, my career will be double yours. What? Sorry, what was that? Where did that, where did that come from? Um, I, all the women in my family end up outliving their husbands by about 20, 25 years. Normal. Yeah. I didn't know that was like such an I mean, like, you're not already planning your golden girl phase because I am. I haven't really thought about it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. My friends and I are already talking about where we're buying a house after our husbands die. Oh, my yeah. God. This is it's normal. It's bound to happen. You know what I mean? Like. Statistically, yeah. Wow. 
Except, okay, so I, I don't know where I will stack up on this. Assuming... I'm so sorry to say, Julie, but I think you're going to lose. I could, I could, but he's a medical mystery. He um, is. So, so my partner's Korean um, and their average life expectancy exceeds Americans. However, he was raised in America. Right. So he's got and all is the a medical mystery. American food in him. Right. <laughs> yeah. Did him dirty. Um, about the food. So we, we always debate this. Actually, we will openly and actively debate this, but I have, um, the future will tell. The future will tell. But I'm still planning my Golden Girls years, whether he's invited or not. Yeah, my husband's already there. told me, he's like, I'm going to die when I'm like 60. So like, live your life, you know? I'm like, why would you say that? I like it. I mean, I don't like it, but listen, we're all going to die. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess you just got to enjoy every day, right? Oh, yeah. What about, okay, anybody have any favorite female authors? Because like, sometimes I get a little obsessed with um, looking at some of the great works that came from women. I don't know how to read. Okay. I'm sorry. That's where I'm at these days. Okay, cool. Um, well, that, that article that <laughs> um, Carissa, that we could totally share on our social media for our listeners about mm-hmm. some famous authors looked really exciting to me. I mean, there are a lot of those stereotypical ones, right? That the classics that you might've read in school, like I'm looking at it now, like Little Women, To Kill, to Kill a Mockingbird, Pride and Prejudice, stuff like that. But was the book that you were going to mention or the author you were going to mention, Chris, on this list? Yeah, I guess there was just, um, you know, some, some books that I, that I knew that I, I definitely grew up reading that I just didn't realize were women. And I feel like that's also just a weird thing. I think I read books without really knowing like who the authors were. And whenever you kind of look back, like, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird, I didn't know that um, Anne of Green Gables, um, written by Lucy Maud Montgomery. Like I had no idea. Like it's just all these amazing classics that I know I have read at some point in time that were written by women. And that I don't, I don't have any like specific, I think there are a couple of specific examples that I can't remember right now, but I I was totally a Judy Bloomer growing up. Yeah. Judy Bloom's great. Yeah. But it's like uh, some women used to pen under um, a man's name in order to get published. You guys know that. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. But their passion was still there. I mean, I and all the inventors and the writers that we're talking about, yeah. they were still doing it. There was that itch, that desire to do it. Which I love. Yeah, like I don't. I mean, yeah, like it's a bu- it's a bummer, but at the same time, like super proud of them. Like they just did the damn thing anyway. Like I'm I'm gonna write this and then I'm gonna submit it to the publisher with like my brother's name or something, and we're just gonna publish it and call it a day. <laughs> like that's awesome. That like self satisfaction, I guess. Yeah. You have that well, like- I think it comes also down to like hustle out of necessity and hustle out of desire, mm-hmm. and that just shines, I think, in all of the women that we've talked about so far, us included, that like, there's always been this innate sense of wanting and doing more, you know, and having to like fight through that over decades and decades and decades. Like 
we all grew up learning about Women's History Month and these magical females who have, um, you know, against all odds, you know, overcome challenges and all these terrible things. And, and yes, they had to publish under their husband or brother's name and, you know, had to do these awful things to get where they are in our history books, but it's hustle, man. It's grit. Grit. I love that word. It's funny. The woman that I was going to talk about, we all know Miss Amelia Earhart, um, but it's one of those things where back in like the early 1900s and like the 30s and stuff when she was a big pilot, it wasn't really, she was looked down upon as a woman who was flying and men didn't believe in her. And she went on all these insane journeys, broke all these records, you know, the first solo woman to fly solo across the Atlantic. Um, and it just breaks my heart that I feel like she had such this passion that he, she pushed herself beyond maybe the limit because she wanted to prove herself. And that's why she went on this journey to be the first person to fly from the Red Sea to India. And that was her notable trip where she never came back, was supposedly like lost at sea. One of the great mysteries of modern time, they never recovered her body. They, they found parts of the plane, but that was it. Um, it breaks my heart that some women felt like they had to do things alone because they didn't have other people standing behind them. She went out on this brave journey, like metaphorically and physically, and didn't make it back. Um, so I just wanted to mention her because I think the symbolism behind that is really profound. Were you going to mention an author, Carissa, before I kind of derailed? Um, I think her name is, um, hold on. I, it's, it's a series of books that I like a lot. Um, it's Gillian Flynn. Um, oh yeah, I love Gillian Flynn. Wrote Gone Girl. That is yeah. my, Gone Girl is my favorite book. Gone Girl is like my favorite book. Like that tells I, us a lot about you. So we can dive into that in another episode. <laughs> no, I just like, I, I love page turners, but I just it was feel a thriller. Like, yeah. I just feel like her writing just, it captivates me like every Agree. Agree. I love reads for this year. I'm excited. I just mm-hmm. read that girl on a train. Oh, oh yeah. That was good. Another too. Great one. Oh my gosh. That, was, that movie was good too. They actually did a great job with the movie. The Gone Girl movie, it was good. But it, was, it was just, it did, didn't meet. I don't know, Neil Patrick Harris. He did something amazing in that film. I have to watch it. Well, I'm going to see. Neil Patrick Harris is amazing. <laughs> Brian and I, after seeing that movie together, he was like, do you have a journal? <laughs> like, you'll never know. You'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember describing the basis of that book to my husband. He's like, are you reading that? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I, <laughs> cool. Great. Taking notes, bro. I'm not even reading it. I'm taking notes. <laughs> yeah, she's a fantastic author. Yeah. What about you, Julie? Um, any, like, um, I know you don't, you said you don't read, but like anything you listen to, like any female podcasters even? That I know you listen to podcasts sometimes. Um, well, none of them are business podcasts that I listen to by women. Meg's pregnant. What? The girl on Instagram, the trainer girl. Mm-hmm. Meg. Oh, yeah. Meg Squats. 
Yes. Yeah, she's real pregnant. Oh my God, she's amazing yeah. though. She's I know. like, I watch her and I'm like, I don't want to do what you're doing and I am not pregnant. <laughs> yeah, no, Meg Spots is amazing. She is a power lifter. She also um, runs a, um, her. so her mission is to um, get a barbell in every woman, woman's hands, which is fantastic, um, right? She <laughs> runs Stronger by the Day, which is a training program. Um, she also does um, nutrition courses that are very, um, so she doesn't really subscribe to any single notion about nutrition other than um it's okay to eat in a goal-oriented way and everyone has a different goal I love that right um so it's not all intuitive eating it's not all counting macros it's not all of anything Mm -hmm. um so she's a good one to follow if you're in in the fitness or nutrition space and she is real pregnant um which is fantastic I know I was so happy for her I was like the third happiest I've been about someone's life event this year, I think. Um, oh yeah, no, I have my top three and I only know one of them. So that's really, um, really fascinating. But um, yeah, she's fantastic. I think there are, there are a lot of great podcasts. There's a lot of great content out in the world. And when I look at digital content, I think there is more at least in this space where I operate online, there's a lot more equality in terms of um, the ability for a woman to get their message heard. Now, the reaction to that message is where things are probably less equal, um, mm. but we're, we're lucky in that way that we can spread messages online and we can reach audiences that before, you know, if you had a hundred thousand people who thought the same way, but lived across the country, they'd probably never know about each other. Um, now they know about each other in five minutes. Yeah. 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 So love that here for that here for an influencer here and there. Not going to lie. Sell me those built bars. I'll buy them. (laughs) Meg's wife does not sell the built bars. Just for the record. She has her own nutrition brand as well. Oh, I bet you she does. (laughs) She has her own supplement brand. Wow. It's That's called crap. Buff Chick Ups. Um, oh, you've sent me a link to that. Yeah, they're very, they're very like clean ingredient, um, nothing crazy in them type of things. So she's Gucci. This is not sponsored by Meg Swats. Not sponsored by Meg Swats, although Meg Swats, if you ever want to be on the podcast, we are. What a sponsor of the Connor podcast, Meg Swats. She doesn't even need to sponsor us. We'll just fangirl for a while. Right. We're not obsessed with you. It's fine. I'm obsessed. Hello. I'm I'm obsessed with you. It's fine. Everything's fine. I think this was so great. I love that this this is going to sound bad, but I love that this forced me, not forced me, but uh, gave me a reason to just dig a little bit more into like women's history month. Like I was talking to Jen offline earlier this week and I was like, why is March even why, who, like who picked March as women's history month? So it, it gave me an opportunity to like rabbit hole a little bit and read some articles and, you know, dive into the reasons behind women's history month and, and learn some really cool things. So I'm glad you ladies picked this topic. Let's go. 
think it was Julie's idea. Yeah, and I was thinking we should Wrong encourage enough. everyone to like take five minutes out of your day this month and like read an article about someone you didn't know about and educate yourself on, you know, maybe something that could influence you or the people around you in the future. And Chris, I found a great article that we could share on Facebook too, that it's like things to watch in March. And yes, I love that. Educational resources. And I showed my one girlfriend offline. I'm like, I'm going to just pick five things from this list and tell myself like, I'm going to just take a night and watch like an hour of the history documentary on something and educate myself. Because yeah, I didn't, Chris, didn't you say, Chris, there's something on PBS? Uh, yeah, it was like a string of videos um, on a on PBS or something like that about different women in and they're history. like right there in the article. Like there's a YouTube video, yeah, that's like an hour and a half documentary or something. So it's not like you have to search for it. Yeah, perfect. I'm going to also do this. Thank you. Because I think that's what's um, super important. Because like I I didn't know those resources existed, and it's like if you don't if you don't know, like just look, like just research, just do your best, like learn. Cause I, I honestly did not know it was women's history month until it showed up on my calendar on March 1st. Yeah. I didn't, I had no idea. I didn't either. So just pay attention, be perceptive of the world around you and be a badass. We're women, everybody, everybody's allowed to be a badass period. Cheers to that. Thanks. The end. Sadly, that'll do it for this week's episode of Maiden Voyage. We'd like to thank you, our amazing listeners, because let's face it, lady life is hard. It's incredible how much we accomplish every day, and we all deserve awards just for existing. If you're watching the show, make sure that you subscribe, click on that thing for instant notifications, speak your mind in the comments, and share us with your fellow voyagers.